0: Thanks, team. Thanks, Pastor Alyssa. Easter Sunday so good. So good. Not a better day. There is not a better day. Even when, the, even when it's raining and sleeting on Easter, not a better day. And we have sunshine. Such a good day. So glad you're here for visiting with us. We love that you're here. Um, really, there's a lot of things we could do. We could have like a donut wall. We could have like... I don't know, photographer. There's all kinds of things we could do. But honestly, like our greatest desire today is that you would experience the presence of God and know the risen Lord. This is for real. It isn't a story. It isn't some narrative. It is for real. (laughs) For real, for real. And once you've encountered him, right, you can have all kinds of arguments against God, but once you encounter his presence, all of a sudden you start seeing him everywhere. You're like, oh. Can't escape. He's after you. <laughs> so good. So good. This month, um, I've been, um, just because it kind of pops up, because it's April, um, so I've been reading a lot about um, um, the Third Army, right? Because it was in April, 1945, they roll through Germany, and they start liberating concentration camps, and so, you know, often news feed and stuff in April, this kind of stuff comes up, and I... Um, I get sucked in. I'm like, no, I've got work to do, but I get, keep getting sucked in um, to these news stories. So April 11th, 1945, here's one of them. Um, in expectation of the liberation of Buchenwald um, concentration camp, um, some of the Jewish prisoners who were there, starved, emaciated, they heard, right, they, they had heard that liberation was coming, and so some of them, out of the 21,000, some of them stormed the watchtowers and seized control of the camp and they're starved and emaciated shape. Like, they didn't see soldiers coming yet. They didn't see it happen yet, but they heard. They, it was possible. There was some hope. Later that afternoon, U.S. forces entered Buchenwald. Um, soldiers from the 6th Armored Division, which is part of the 3rd Army, Patton, right, um, found more than 21,000 people in the camp. One hour after the liberation, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, was the first Jewish cleric, chaplain, to enter the concentration camp. And there he found, um, among the 21,000, thousands and thousands and thousands of starving men still piled in their bunks from floor to ceiling. So some had gone out and taken the watchtowers, but others stayed in their bunks from floor to ceiling. And even after liberation, an hour after, they had not left their prison house. An hour after liberation. So in comes uh, Rabbi Schachter. And he asked them, why are you not leaving? And he, they, said, af- they said, those who have not come claim to be liberators, but they have on uniforms. And as their captors looked much like their captors, had looked for years. And they suspected the new uniforms just meant new oppression and new abuse. And they would not leave the barracks. They would not leave until Rabbi Schachter spoke to them in their own language. He said, Shalom, Alachim, Yidin erzint frei. Peace be upon you, Jews, you are free. The words of freedom from one they knew to be their own created first a trickle and then a stream of men out of that barracks. Then the stream became a flood, and then they went from barrack to barrack to barrack with the words, You are free, you are free, you are free. And when they heard it in their own language from people they recognized, they believed it and left their captivity. So I want that picture in the back of our heads as we talk through Easter a bit today. We celebrated Friday, um, commemorated the death of Christ, Good Friday service, right? Some of you were here, we took communion, and we thought upon his suffering and his crucifixion. And then today we celebrate his resurrection. Right? But in between Good Friday, the death, and Sunday, the resurrection, there's Saturday. Right? So the disciples, the women who watched Jesus die, his believers, his detractors, um, Friday happens, and now Saturday, they have to try to make sense of it before they have resurrection. So my question is what are you going to do between Friday and Sunday? What are you gonna do between Friday and Sunday? In the concentration camp, which one would you have been? Right? Between the darkness and cruelty of the concentration camp and a word of liberation, would you have stormed the watchtower? Or would you have cowered in your bunk? What are you gonna do between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday? In the darkness, in the uncertainty? Where hope seems extinguished by the shadow of death, what do you do? What do you choose? Well, we know from the story what different people chose, right? Especially John 20 tends to go through different people's reactions on that Saturday. The women, which uh, Denise read so beautifully today, the story of the women, what did they do? They went to the tomb. He was dead. He was buried. He's behind a stone they could not have rolled away. And yet they came to the tomb. Sometimes you're in a Saturday <laughs> between Friday and Sunday, right? You're in this uncertainty and darkness. Maybe a terrible thing's already happened and the resolution hasn't happened yet. Maybe your whole life feels like a Friday and Saturday and you're wondering if there is a Sunday. But for these women, they had watched him be crucified. They knew he was dead. And yet something in them said, even if his body's dead, we need to go be where he is. We just need to be with him. Where's his body? That's where we're going. That's where they woke up to. On Saturday, they woke up and said, we know what happened yesterday, but we're going to go find him. We're going to go find where he is. Right? There was some hope in there somewhere. They didn't even totally know what they were hoping for because they didn't totally understand the scriptures. But something got them out of bed and put them in a place where it was dangerous for them, right? It wasn't um, It wasn't safe to be a follower of Jesus at that point. He'd just been executed, right? But that's where they go. And Jesus appears to them, right? They're watchtower people. If there's any hope at all, we're going to seize the watchtower, right? If there's any hope, this is true at all, right? They, You have other... Other people react differently. Judas, Judas, who Jesus had by his side for three and a half years, who betrayed him, Matthew 27, 3 through 5 says this, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and elders. I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed the innocent man. What do we care, they retorted. That's your problem. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. Between Friday and Sunday, the women go to be where Jesus is, even in burial. Judas, who's betrayed him on Saturday, can't live with himself, but also chooses not to repent. And he goes out and he hangs himself. 1 Corinthians 7.10 says, There's a godly sorrow that brings repentance, and it leads to salvation and there's no regret in it. But there's also a carnal sorrow and it leads to death. A lot of people are sitting on Saturday, right? In the Saturday of uncertainty, the shadow of death, and they're miserable, and you know, because any chance they get, they will tell you about it, how bad it's been, they'll cry buckets of tears. But it's a carnal sorrow. They're not yet willing to throw themselves in the mercy of God. They want to sit in Saturday forever. They're embracing a perpetual Saturday where there is no resurrection. And their sorrow is so deep, they can't sit in alone. They've got to bring you into it too, but they're not moving anywhere. They're not going to go to the tomb. They're not going to move Listen, how many of you know people, you're like, man, they're really sad, but I don't think anything's going to change yet. Three of us have known that person. Uh, You can be as sad as you want to be. Listen, there is a carnal sorrow. It just leads to death because you just turn inward and you feel sorry for yourself and you die there. But then there's a sorrow that says, wow, that Judas could have had Judas, the biggest betrayer, Judas, the biggest betrayer, could have thrown himself on the mercy of Christ. When Jesus is on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Judas is also in his mind. But instead, carnal sorrow, and he goes out and ends his life. He sees no Sunday. His eyes never see Sunday. What did the other disciples do? John 20 says this. So Peter and the other disciple, now I'm reading from the book of John. Who's the other disciple? John, we know it's you. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Just had to get it in there, right? I beat him, but I didn't name myself, so it's not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not bragging he bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there but he did not go in then simon peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around jesus head the cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first in case we forgot also went inside he saw and believed they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had risen from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So think about this. Um, what happens is Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother, they, they, they go to the tomb, and the angel says, like, like Denise read earlier, the angel says, hey, he's not here. He's risen. Go tell the guys. Says brethren in her translation. Go tell the guys. Uh, he has risen. What did they, they go back and tell the guys. The disciples. So Judas isn't with them, and Thomas seems to be in the bathroom at this point, which he always is. I don't. Thomas is always in the bathroom at like the most important points. But we'll get to Thomas in a second. So, so there's ten of them, right? They're sitting there. They hear the women say, "He's risen. He isn't there. We just looked." Eight of them stay hidden in the room because they're hiding right now. Stay hidden in the room. They stay in their barracks. They stay in their bunks. <laughs> right? A word of hope has come. We just went through this trauma. Nothing good can happen. They sit. Peter and John start running. They start running. But it says it's not until they went in they believed. It's not until they went in and saw they believed. Well, then what made them run if they didn't believe? Hope. Hope. Hope always precedes belief. Hope always precedes faith. Hope comes first. Hope is the, could it really be true? Hope is the start of, am I willing to actually position my heart toward this? Hope is where it starts, right? You can't have faith without hope, right? Faith is the substance of things hope for. It's got to start with, it doesn't have to be like this. There's something better than this. That word of liberation might be true. So they don't believe yet, but there's enough hope in there to get them running. And then they go to the tomb, and they see for themselves, and now they believe. Listen. Hope is the hard part. Faith will keep you warm at night. Faith is the good part. Faith is like, I've set my face like a flint, I'm not moving, right? Faith will keep you warm at night. Hope is the hard part. Hope is where I say, I am not staying here. There is a different destination. Faith is helping me walk toward it, right? Faith will keep you warm. Hope is the hard part because hope has no evidence yet it's going to be true come on, hope just says I'm going to make a choice, come on, come on, hope is painful because you don't have it yet, there's no evidence of it yet, it's not fulfilled yet, hope is painful, that's why we choose to tell ourselves other stories, maybe God just wants it this way, right, because now I don't have to hope, which is painful, I just learn how to manage my pain here. Come on. Hope says it doesn't always have to look like this. That's the painful choice. Once once you've gone through the pain of hope, man, you start getting fueled by faith, right? Come on. So hope, they hear the woman's words, and they're like, I'm going to choose to jump on it. I'm going to run to the tomb. And once they look and see, now they believe. Now their faith is engaged. The other eight had just sat there, right? And so we see later on, Jesus comes to the eight, right? And they believe, again, Thomas is in the bathroom, and he does not put his faith in Christ with them. Like, they're all hiding together. Where are you, Thomas? Where would he be? I don't know. But he's never in the important. Even when Jesus is ascending, he's like, hey, Lord, um, didn't you say you were going to establish the king? Like, you missed that teaching, Thomas. I don't know where you were, but that's not what's happening right now. Let him ascend. He's halfway up. Thomas, John 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Thomas. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand at his side, I will not believe. There's no going to the watchtower for Thomas. Thomas is the guy in the barracks who's like German, American, who knows? Same thing, right? Not the same thing. Not in World War II, right? Not the same thing. So the women have given the word, John and Peter run. They're like, yes, the other eight sit. Jesus, in his mercy, right? He's a mercy. He comes to the other eight. They could have come to the tomb too. They didn't. So he comes to them because he's a God who's full of mercy, right? So he comes to them. They all believe. Now everyone's believing. And Thomas is like, well, that's your standard of hope. That's your standard of faith. I'm getting blood on my finger before I believe. How stiff-necked? So Jesus comes and he rebukes him. No. No, he doesn't. He's so good. He's so good. He, and he puts on a show too. Jesus doesn't just let him put his hand on the side. He gives him a show. Here's what happens. He says, I will not believe. Verse 26, a week later, God lets him sit in it for a week. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And this time Thomas was with them. Good job, Thomas. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Now you stop doubting and believe. Come on. Come on. I'm not leaving the barracks. Well, I'll send somebody who can speak your language. I'll send my son who will take on flesh, who will look like you. Come on. He's so good. Okay, can't do that now. it's too early. Then Jesus told them, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and believe. So what are you going to do between Friday and Sunday? what would you have done on that Saturday in darkness and uncertainty? Some of you are in a metaphorical Saturday right now. Maybe you don't know what you believe. Or maybe you believed on him, but you're in a dark, you're in a dark place. Difficult things have happened. You're in a Saturday and resurrection hasn't happened yet. In your situation, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be in that situation? Barbara Brown Taylor wrote a beautiful essay. This is just part of it. She says, Everyone who saw the risen Jesus saw him after. Whatever happened in the cave, right, in the tomb, happened in the dark. Have you ever heard anyone talk about that part? Resurrection is always announced with Easter lilies, the sound of trumpets, bright, streaming light. But it did not happen that way. If it happened in a cave, it happened in complete silence, in an absolute darkness, with the smell of damp stone and dug earth in the air. Let this sink in. New life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground, or a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. It starts on the Saturday. where we begin to hope, maybe, right? If in 1945, you were one of those dying prisoners in Buchenwald, would you have been so filled with hope that you rushed the towers? Or would you have stayed in your barracks? Well... If you're one who would have stayed in the barracks, I've good news for you. John one fourteen, and the words become flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Philippians two, five through ten. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess in heaven and on earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You might be a prisoner in a bunk. And you know what? If that's you, you know it's you. You know when you're stuck. You know when you're stuck in the dark. Right? You know when you're stuck. You know when your future seems less hopeful than your past. you know when you're in need of resurrection. And that might be in a situation, but it might also describe your life because you don't have the resurrected Lord in it. Romans 5, 6 says, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. No matter where you're at today, what you would have been doing on that Saturday, what you would have done in that concentration camp, the God of the universe took on flesh, and he's come to the door of your camp and said, You can be free you can be free, took on flesh, looked like us, was tempted at every point as we are tempted, suffered like we suffer, suffered more than any of us will suffer. And now he comes, even if you're stuck, even if you don't have the gumption in you to run to the tomb or go seize a watchtower, he will come directly to you, emaciated, dying, and say, I've done this for you. You can be free. I had you in mind. You can be free. You've been made uniquely to worship. You've been made uniquely to love the Lord like no one else can love him. (laughs) You can be free. 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 Today, you can be free. Would you stand? Worship team, would you come? Jesus Christ came not to condemn you, but to save you. Knowing your name, knowing all about you, knowing your age, knowing what you do, knowing where you live, knowing what you ate for supper and what you will eat for breakfast, where you will sleep tonight, how much your clothing cost, who your parents were. He knows you individually as though there were not another person in the entire world. He died for you as certainly as, as if you had been the only lost one. He died for you, (laughs) as certainly as if you had been the only lost one. He knows the worst about you and is the one who loves you most. He knows the worst, and he's the one who loves you most. If you're out of the fold and away from God, know that he's come to you today and said you can be free. He took on flesh, bore your sins, bore my sins, and he's saying you can be free. (laughs) Prayer team, would you come on up? Here's what we're gonna do. (laughs) You get to choose, you get to choose who you're gonna be. You get to choose who you're gonna be. Between death and uncertainty and darkness and resurrection Who are you going to be? You get to make a choice. I'm going to call for a couple of people. Now listen, some of you need prayer because you came sick in body and I want you to get prayer too. Or you came with a need and you need prayer. I want you to get prayer. But I'm going to specifically call two people, two kinds of people. Number one, you know you're far from God. Maybe someone drug you here to church today. (laughs) Maybe you came kicking and screaming. (laughs) Maybe you were like, fine, how long could that service be? But, now that you're here, now that you're here, you're torn. Part of you can feel the living God in this room. And part of you is like, when will she be done? I got to get out of here. Listen, what you're feeling is a war. There is a spiritual war for your soul. That's what you're feeling. The part that wants to run is your flesh, like, no, 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 I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, because the stuff killing you, he's going to kill. The stuff torturing you, he's going he's gonna to kill. The Bible says the minute that we decide to put our faith in Christ and say, you are Lord, I am not, my life is yours. Or repent of my sins, I turn to you. The Bible says in that moment, the spirit of Christ comes to dwell within your body. <laughs> some, of us have, some of us are living in it. We know it. He comes to dwell within your mortal body. And now the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in you. Come on. Come on. And now life really starts. <laughs> now life really begins. But in that painful place, you've got to decide to hope, right? When you're torn, when you're in that torn place, hope is hard. Hope is painful to choose. I know it is. But I want to encourage you you're in a room where people will celebrate. <laughs> celebrate because we've all been there. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're far from God, You know you need them. I want you to get prayer today. There's folks that can pray here and here. Folks that can pray in back there and there. Second group of people. Maybe you're a believer. You believe. But you're in a dark night of the soul. Man, something's happened. There's a situation. You're in it. And you're having to make a choice. Am I going to sit here in the Saturday before resurrection, in the darkness and uncertainty until I die? Or am I going to choose to hope resurrection's coming? Am I going to learn how to just manage the pain? Or am I going to say, no, I'm inviting you into every square inch. Resurrection's coming. It might be Friday, but Sunday's coming. And you're going to have to set your hope on him. I know it's painful to do, that choice. But once you do, now faith can come alongside it. We're meant to be overcomers. We don't just fall over the finish line. We're meant to be overcomers. And so you might find yourself in a difficult place and you need God to come. You need to know that word of liberation is true. I would encourage you today, agree with somebody in prayer. Now listen, we believe that every believer in the house has the kingdom without measure. So you can pray with someone near you. But I encourage you, if you don't do that, come and pray with someone here on either side or in back. I want to ask one last thing before we come into worship. If you're far from God, you know you're far from God. You know you need to respond. Everyone, just close your eyes just for a second, just for a minute. Actually, I really hate the closing of the eyes because it's a celebration, whatever. But I know it's hard to do. So I'm just going to say if you know you need to make your life right with God, would you just raise your hand? you know you need a resurrection Sunday. Okay. Okay. Listen, you're going to have a chance to get prayer. I would encourage you. Be the path. It can't happen fast enough. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I'm going to reiterate Romans 34 through 39 as we come into worship. It is Christ who died For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. He's so good. He's so good. We have a chance now to respond. If you need prayer, if you're sick in body, if you need a resurrection Sunday, you come and get prayer or pray with a believer who's near you, I encourage you, if God puts it on your heart, if you're a regular attender here, and God puts it on your heart, to go and prophetically encourage someone, pray for someone, do it. Do it. Come on. He's here now. Let's take advantage of the time while we're gathered worshiping. Amen?
1: save your shines for all too. fear that held us now gives way to him who is our peace his final breath resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrected. Soldiers washed in vain Was borrowed for three days His body there It would not remain Cause our God Our God has robbed the grave Oh, your Christ, our King, oh Your name, Your name, Your name is, is victorious. All oh, 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 praise oh, will rise to Christ oh, by Your Spirit, oh, oh, By Your Spirit, oh, I will oh, rise oh, from the ashes of defeat of oh, the resurrected King. Is resurrecting me in Your name, I come alive to declare Your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me, oh Lord, is resurrecting me. Sing by, by His The resurrected key is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected key is resurrecting me. is resurrecting. She alone who took on flesh fullness of god in hell, helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died The precious blood of Christ No guilt in life No fear in death This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry To final breath commands my destiny, no power of hell, no scheme of man could ever pluck me from his
0: guests here for Easter Sunday, so we're on our best behavior to not be too Pentecostal. Uh, (laughs) But I'm just sitting there thinking, there's people in this room to get healed. I just feel it. I just feel it. And you know Jesus healed the sick because it brought glory to his father, people said, oh, he's real. This is for real, for real. Um, and we've just seen lots of healing in the house. Not everyone we pray for gets healed, but, man, we've seen, like, blind eyes open. We've seen cancer go. We've seen, like, growth disappears. We're praying. Like, we've seen the stuff. We've seen, like, kidney disease has left people's bodies. And they've regrown kidney matter, which is biologically impossible. So I'm just saying we've seen him glorify his name in the house and I just feel like he just wants to I just feel like he wants to show off like some of you you need to put your hope into him and he's like let me just show you the goodness of God the kingdom I'm inviting you into let me show you the goodness of it so I was thinking after this last song we just need to do that just pray over one another um and then Amber said I think I have a word And I'm like I think that's right because I'm thinking the same
2: thing so why don't you come to a more specific word So this morning as I was getting ready, I felt like the Lord was just showing me or highlighting. um, I don't know if anyone here in the room has, like you have a rod in your neck or down your back, any metal at all that has been in your neck or your back. I'm stepping out here, I felt like he showed me. Is that anyone at all? You have any metal in your neck or your back? Hey there, hey. So um, can you tell me, do you have like, if it's okay, like decreased mobility because of it? No, any pain at all? Not at all. Okay. Well, when we start to pray, if you don't mind, Chris, I'm going to come pray for you, too. Because I just felt like he showed me that this morning. So I feel like he wants to do something there to relieve pressure.
0: Um, sometimes we ask if there's decreased mobility or pain because then you can tell right away. Yeah, it's happened. Um, but you can also go to the doctor and find out it's happened, too. Um, Amber, why don't you just lead us in praying just for healing? Anyone here, you're sick in body, sick in body, you need healing. Sick and body, come on. If you're sick in body, just raise your hand. We're going to pray over you. There's two people. I don't believe it. there's three. Okay. There's more. Okay. Um, Listen, it can be a minor thing or a major thing. Maybe it's something you've gotten prayed for eight million times. But I, I just feel like, man, it's a Resurrection Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. Amber's going to lead us through just praying uh, for healing. If you're near someone who raised their hand and you don't need healing, feel free to lay a hand on their back and just agree with them.
2: Um, Amber's going to lead us through okay so Jesus gave us authority and everywhere Jesus healed the sick he just said be healed get up and walk pain leave just a very commanding prayer and the authority is given us by a spirit that lives in us so um, if you're sick in body and you if anyone sick that needs prayer that doesn't have anyone praying for them right now does anyone still need okay so we could have maybe a couple people around Karen And so if you just wanna
0: anybody else need
2: anyone else? Oh, Oh. Kathy right here. Someone can for Kathy. Thank you, Gary. And if you just want to just very just personally ask them what is it you need prayer for, if they don't wanna share, that's okay, Jesus knows. And you can just say be healed in Jesus' name as we're praying. So whatever it is, find out what it is. And then just say, eyes be healed, pain go, feet be healed, in Jesus' name. So I'm just going to pray a general prayer, and then you guys can pray individually for, for whoever you're praying for. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Jesus, that your body was broken for us. We thank you that your word says that with your stripes, by the wounds that marred your body, we can then exchange that, and we can be made whole. So Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for wholeness in this room. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. We thank you for wholeness in everybody in this room right now. Thank you, Jesus. We just speak to pain. Leave in Jesus' name. All sickness, all disease in this room right now. Leave. Leave in the name of Jesus thank you Lord that immune systems right now be healed and whole be set right in the name of Jesus we speak to arthritis and just asthma and lung conditions get out right now diabetes leave in the name of Jesus right now thank you Lord we thank you just that healing would break out in this room every need Lord you know we just thank you for wholeness right now pain leave right now thank you Lord thank you Lord necks be set free backs be set free feet be healed right now in jesus name thank you lord right now and just i feel like any conditions like you don't know what it is doctors don't know what it is i just feel like God's saying i know i know what it is i'm your healer so just i just receive from him now lift up your hand say thank you lord that you're my healer you are my healer just you can receive from him right where you're at he's the lord There's, there's no one between you and him Just say, thank you, Jesus, for healing right now. God, I just thank you for touching people. All who came to you, Lord, you healed. So all who are coming to you right now, Father, I thank you for healing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this last
0: song as people are still praying. Again, if you feel feel that to pray with somebody, encourage somebody, please do that. I know Amber's going after Chris right now. Chris, here she comes coming for you. Worship this last song as we finish up in prayer. prayer before we go. I'm going to bless you too. Easter Sunday, such a good day. It'd be impossible for us to exaggerate the goodness of God. As Jesus hung on the tree dying for our sins, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He said that for those who had just crucified him. He said that for those who were presently mocking him, who were spitting upon him, who were scorning him, who were throwing his own teachings back in his face, and as he hung there in pain, the pain wasn't over yet. pain was increasing. He said, forgive them. It doesn't matter how you came in this room. The love of God is more powerful than any of our opposition. <laughs> the mercy of God reaches further than how far we've run. He's so good. You can throw yourself in his mercy. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> I would encourage those of you who walk with the Lord, you may have a word of encouragement or you just feel like to prayer over somebody, maybe somebody you don't even know. I encourage you to do it. Sometimes we let those opportunities slip away. They don't come again. So I encourage you. If God's got that on your heart. He's given every believer in this room the kingdom without measure. So exercise it, yeah? Yeah, if he's put it on your heart, exercise it. Would you pray with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, we love you. If you're new, I'd love to meet you. Be back by the coffee. Encourage one another before you go. Amen.